You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Church Online. I am so glad that you could make it. I'm so glad that you took the time out today to just devote some time at the end of this year to God's Word. Let me just say, uh, before anybody else gets a chance to tell you, Happy New Year. I hope that you had a Merry Christmas. I hope that your family didn't give you too much problems and that you still have at least a little bit of money left over after buying all those gifts and taking care of everybody. Um, I hope you had a good Christmas. And so I just want to say thank you for your generosity and from the bottom of my heart, from all of our staff here at High Ridge, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being such a generous church. Uh, because you're generous, we can do things like this and we can record this video ahead of time so that we don't have to have church services on Sunday. We can give all the staff a much needed break. These guys work very, very hard uh, to present uh, the most amazing church services that we can possibly give you. And uh, to be able to take a break at the end of the year, to spend time with family, decompress, just to be human for a little bit, uh, it's a big deal. And that's only be- only because you guys have supported us. And so just please know that it, it means a lot to me. It really does that we can do this. And so I just want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for faithfully uh, supporting us in this ministry. Uh, there are so many things that we've been able to do, not just here in Longview and in Texas, but around the world. And on behalf of a lot of people who you may never meet this side of heaven, I just want to say thank you for that. It, it means a lot, and you're doing great things. And so at the end of the year, I want to uh, bring us uh, one more message that I think will uh, be appropriate for the end of the year. And so uh, turn in your Bibles, if you would, if you got uh, if you got an extra Bible there with you, if you've got a paper Bible or a digital Bible, or if not, don't worry about it. We'll just put it on the screen for you. But Turn to the book of Philemon, so Philemon for us today. We're going to have some Philemon. That's a dad joke. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, Philemon, there's so, much, so many great things that, that are happening in this. Uh, it's just, just one chapter. If you ever wanted to read through one chapter of the Bible, this is a great one. Uh, the entire book is condensed to one chapter, and, uh, and there's so many powerful concepts just within this one chapter that we could, we could spend weeks here and not, not get it all. Um, but there's something I want to share with you out of this. This is a story of brotherhood and forgiveness, uh, a story of salvation and, uh, and, and restoration. And um, it's important to know that this is written by Paul. Paul is the aging veteran. He's at the end of his life. Paul is writing this from prison. It's a dark, damp prison cell in Rome. And Paul is almost uh, just about to be executed. And uh, he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. His time is running short. Uh, there's so many things that he needs to take care of. So he's writing letters to churches. He's trying to fix issues that are happening to make sure that the church has the best chance of success. And of course, you can imagine just the weight of all those churches looking to him for guidance and for direction and for doctrine and theology and for discipline. And um, as he's doing all this stuff and the weight of the world is kind of on his shoulders, he takes the time to solve one problem and to make an appeal for one person. And I love that, how God doesn't just care about everybody, but he also cares about the one. And I'm thankful for this story in this book of the Bible uh, that shows me that uh, there's nothing too small for God. And so we have the story here of um, a man named Philemon. Philemon has, uh, has, he owes his life to Paul because uh, he's obviously a wealthy guy. He owns many slaves and has businesses, um, but he's gotten saved. And there's a church meeting in his home. And uh, we see as Paul writes this letter to probably him and his wife, maybe even his son, that Paul is reminding him of how far he's come, and Paul begins to encourage him with these words. And, um, you know, that sticks out to me because I always want to encourage people with my words. Uh, we've, we've got a world full of people waiting to tear you down and rip you apart. Um, but to take some time to encourage someone, 
Uh, it's a big deal. And so Paul writes, writes to Philemon because he's met a man in Rome named Onesimus. Now, Onesimus is a runaway slave. And at this time, you know, he's, he, he finds himself at a place where he's trying to hide out in Rome, running from, uh, from slavery, and, uh, and he runs into Paul. He hears the message of Jesus Christ and this runaway slave uh, running from his past, um, running in fear, finds Jesus. And as he tells his story to Paul and Paul gets to know him, uh, Paul senses the call to ministry on this runaway slave. And, and, and uh, Paul's like, I, I know your slave owner, the person that you're running from. And he's also gotten saved. And so Paul writes this letter from Rome back to Philemon and saying, I've met Onesimus and he's called to ministry. He's received Christ. And now he's not some slave. He's your brother. Um, and that reminds me, man, in that, in that Christmas song, if you know the words, Oh, Holy Night, there's a, there's a great verse. It says, chains may he break, speaking of Jesus, for the slave is our brother. And this is kind of the, the embodiment of that story. Who, the person who was once a slave is now a, a brother in Christ. And so Paul writes and says, hey, I want you to forgive him. And he, I'm sending him back to you. Onesimus has to go back to his slave owner and, and reconcile that relationship. Can you imagine the fear and, uh, and the turmoil that must be going on in this, in, this, in this crazy story? But Paul writes a letter and says, he's not a slave, he's your brother, and he's called to ministry. And so uh, in, in, this, in this simple one-chapter book of the Bible, we see freedom and restoration as God begins to draw two hearts together that used to be at odds, and God fixes things. And that's, man, it just gives me so much hope at the end of the year uh, that God still cares about the one. He still cares about... Uh, things like redemption and reconciliation. He still cares about setting people free and watching things that we thought uh, could never be fixed reconciled. And I hope that brings you a little bit of hope today. Hope you recognize that our God is still a God of restoration and reconciliation. And just as he has reconciled us back to himself, God still has a wonderful way of reconciling our hearts to people that we're at odds, odds with. That brings me a lot of hope. That brings me a lot of encouragement. Uh, because there's plenty of parts of my life where I thought I could never spend time with this person, never be reconciled to this. There's just too much hurt, too much anger, too much, too many things going on. And God is still the God that does things that we can't do. He fixes broken hearts. He fixes the hearts of human beings. He begins to speak to them in ways that they can understand and begins to move in the background and in the shadows, bringing reconciliation where there used to be no hope. And I'm so thankful for that. It's a powerful story. And I could talk about that all day long, but I want to read just through a, a couple of verses here, um, starting in, in, in verse four. Paul says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all of God's people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. You know, your faith tells a story. Paul says, I'm, I'm hearing about your love for God's people, and I'm hearing about your faith. I wonder what story does your, does your faith tell? Your relationship with God, your belief in God's power, your belief in who God is and what he can do. What story is that really telling? What, what effectiveness has that had in the kingdom of God? That's something that inspires me. It challenges me. Like, how has my relationship with Jesus really made a difference? It's a good question to ask at the end of the year. I'm going to talk more, more about that in just a moment. He says this, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that we share for the sake of Christ. He says, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Man, I pray that that's the story of my life. I, I hope that you 
uh, can join with me in, in being able to say that, that you want the same thing. I hope that that my story and and my ministry and my life always refreshes the hearts of God's people. And there's so many things in our world that just sucks the life right out of people. And I hope that I can always be a breath of fresh air to people like you and that you can do the same to others. You know, um, there's another version of this that says, I always thank my God remembering you in my prayers. I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. And then it says, I pray that your partnership in the faith may become effective as you fully acknowledge every good thing that is ours in Christ. I love that. So many great things to unpack there. The first thing I want to share uh, with you, if you're a note taker, you might want to write this down, but I want to put it on the screen so that you can see it. Number one, I want effective faith, not defective faith. Effective faith, not defective faith. Now, after um, you know, spending money on Christmas and thinking about all the different things that have happened in the Christmases past, I recognize that there's been plenty of times that the things that I was given especially as a kid, were completely defective. Now, I grew up at a time in the 80s and 90s when, when toys went to a new level, and there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of regulations uh, on, on children's toys. I remember there used, and I'm not kidding, there used to be, some of you are going to know this, there used to be a toy gun that was filled with candy, and the way that you get the candy is you stick the gun in your mouth and shoot it into you. <laughs> Who thought of that? Having kids walking around with a, like that was a thing. That was the world that I grew up in. Who who approved it? Who greenlit that project? Uh, there used to be things like lawn darts, worst gift of all time. Like these these little metal spears that we would throw up in the air, uh, lawn darts, and these are children playing with these things. Like that's the time I grew up in. Uh, but I also remember like the worst gift of all time. The worst thing that people used to give each other. Uh, was the CD Walkman? Some of you have no idea what a CD is, but uh, there used to be a Walkman. Like, oh, that's it's a such it's such a great idea, until it's not, because you'd put this disc of all your music on there, um, close the lid, press play, put your headphones in, and then you know walk around, and that it lasted for about five minutes, but <laughs> until it started scratching all of your CDs because it would just skip around in there. Like, this is the stupidest idea of all time because everything that you put inside this CD Walkman is going to end up completely destroyed. And, uh, and I feel like in some cases, our faith is kind of like that. You know, it seems like it's a good idea when conditions are perfect. Might be a good idea to, and, and, and great faith at, at, at times in our life when, when we're on a mountaintop and things are going well. But it's a different story when life gets hard. That faith kind of becomes defective. It, it's, it's, it doesn't stand the test of time. It doesn't stand up to the, to the difficulties of life. And I want effective faith, not defective faith. He says, I pray that your faith becomes effective. That's kind of my heart for, uh, for the approach of 2024, that my faith would be more uh, than just talk, that my faith would be more than just something that's a Sunday faith, and my faith would be more than just a mountaintop faith, but my relationship with God would be able to sustain me through the times where I wish I could just kind of press fast forward on life and move through it. 2024 is going to bring its, its list of, of, of trials and issues. Every year has them. But Paul says, I pray that your faith would become effective. And that's my prayer as well, that your faith will become effective faith, producing faith, more than just talk faith. I want my belief in the power of God to translate to how I live. I want my belief in the power of God to translate to how I actually live, more than just up here, but here. I want to be able to become the hands and feet of Jesus even more in 2024, an effective faith. 
Uh, and so because I believe in the power of God, then I'm going to respond with how I serve, with how I give, with how I speak, with uh, where I go, with how I treat people. That's an effective faith. So I, I want to just challenge you, if you're there with your um, family or if you're wanting to lead your family at the end of the year in a little devotional, maybe a good question to start uh, asking your children or your grandchildren is, what difference did your faith, what difference did your faith walk make this year? It's a good chance to look back and say, okay, how did my relationship with Jesus affect the way I live? And it's important that you take note of those things because that'll show you the effectiveness of your faith. Here's the second key I want to share with you. Number two, it's important to fully acknowledge every good thing. Notice that's what he says in there. I pray that you fully acknowledge every good thing that's ours in Christ. That's a great end of the year challenge for us, isn't it? To kind of look back and fully acknowledge every good thing. You know, when, uh, when it says to fully acknowledge, that's the Greek word epigonoskos, uh, epi meaning in, and gnoskos meaning to know intimately. Not just to know about something, but to have uh, firsthand knowledge is a great way to interpret uh, that great Greek word, um, firsthand knowledge. You know, there's things that uh, you may know about me watching the screen. You can see the way that I look or how I dress or how I speak, and you have a, a good knowledge of me, uh, but my wife knows me much more intimately. <laughs> My children know me much more intimately because they have first, they live with me and they know if I'm just talking or if I actually believe this. They know if I'm um, just have a relationship with God that's all about what I say, but not really how I live. But Paul says, I want you to fully acknowledge, I want you to have firsthand information. I want you to really understand, I want you to go in depth with the benefits that coming that are, that are coming along with your relationship with Christ. I want you to have firsthand knowledge of all the great things that Jesus Christ has done for you. I think that's a really good uh, thing to think about, to fully acknowledge every good thing. Let me say it this way. Don't look forward to the next thing until you've thanked God for the last thing. It's one of the greatest things we can ever teach our children is how to recognize what God did and how to say thank you when he's done it. Um, we can teach our children to pray, but the better thing is to teach them how to thank God when he answers their prayers, how to recognize that God did this before they just move to the next thing to pray for, the next mountain to climb, and the, the next issue, and the next worry, and the next anxiety-filled uh, thing that's coming. Teach them how to say thank you, Lord, for what you did for me and how you answered my prayer. How can I fully acknowledge every good thing that Christ has done? How do I fully acknowledge the great blessings that God has given me in the year past? You know, I had uh, had a great year in some in some regards. I had a bad year in some other regards. Um, I lost some people that were close to me. I had a, a great mentor and friend, uh, the best man at my wedding that that uh, ended his own life this year. Uh, difficulties uh, this year, there was plenty. Dark seasons that I had to walk through. Um, and, you know, some of you may not understand, but I had a a, a, um, a dog, a 14-year relationship with my dog that, that finally ended this year when we had to put her down. That's a difficult moment, not just for me, but for my entire family, because my dog is part of my family. And uh, if you're not a pet owner, you may not understand that, but it's more than a pet. This is a member of my family. And that's that's a difficulty to walk through. It's, some, it's an emotional thing. And it may not be a big deal to some, but it was a big deal to me. Um, you know, the challenges that you face being a pastor of a church and a, and, a, and a leader, especially in today's world, is difficult. And I'm not here to just stack all my trauma and all my issues up against yours. You have yours too. Uh, but it's not easy. You know, being someone that um, is going to represent the church. The church has a lot of dark stains and dirty things uh, in our in our past and in our history. 
And to have to sit here and represent the church and try to um, open up God's word uh, to a culture and a world that wants to reject it and, and makes assumptions that uh, my intentions are a lot less than, than, than good, uh, that's, a, that's a difficulty that I have to face every single day, that people won't give you the benefit of the doubt, um, that people aren't just naturally on your side, that there's very little respect for even you know, what I do um, anymore like there used to be. Um, but that's the burden that I've chosen to carry. That's what God's called me to do. And I have grace for it. And so as I'm approaching the end of year, I want to fully acknowledge not just the, the bad things or the load that I carry. There's plenty of those things. But I want to fully acknowledge every good thing. Every good thing. You know, my son got married this year. And that's a good thing on several levels. I got to add a daughter-in-law to my family, who I love very much. And I, I got to add their dog to my family, who I love very much. I've got a grandpup now. Um, and uh, someday soon, I hope to have grandkids. That's, that's going to be an awesome part of my life. Um, I got to I got to see 417 people get saved this year. 417 people I got to lead to Christ. Like that's the biggest, craziest number of any year that I've ever seen. Most effective year in ministry ever. I saw more people support us than I've ever seen in my life. And so in spite of all the bad things that have happened, God has been so good. God has been so kind to me. That's That's an important word for me this year is the kindness of God. He's been extremely kind in the midst of dark seasons, in the midst of the winds and losses. God has been kind to me. And so I think it's important that you take the time to recognize the kindness and the goodness of God, to fully acknowledge every good thing that Christ has done. Now, not only does he say fully acknowledge every good thing, but he says fully acknowledge every good thing that's ours in Christ. In Christ. Those are two powerful words that Paul uses, um, not just in this book, but in multiple books. He's very, very, uh, uh, very common thing to see in the letters of Paul is when he writes the words uh, in Christ. Because it, it, the, the importance that we recognize in that is that every good thing that happens in your life, every good thing that really is going to make a difference, every good thing that is powerful and right is going to be because of your relationship with Christ. You know, even the bad things that we have to walk through. If I am in Christ, then the Lord will ultimately work that out for my good. He'll use the dark moments of my life to produce good things. He gives beauty for ashes and he takes the broken parts and the painful parts, the losses, and turns them into wins for my good. Why? Because I'm in Christ. It's important that you know that you're in Christ as well. How would I know? If you've accepted Christ into your, uh, into your life to, to be the, the Lord of your life, to forgive you of your sins, you're in Christ. And he says, I want you to fully acknowledge every good thing that's yours in Christ. There's so many benefits of having a relationship with Jesus. Uh, one of the benefits of being in Christ, Paul says, in Christ, in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. When I recognize that I am in Christ, that means that the mistakes that I've made, I don't have to carry those over into 2024. That God has made me new and the old has passed away. The new has come. The person who I used to be has been replaced by my relationship with Jesus Christ. God doesn't see me as I, as I used to be full of my sin and faults and failures and mistakes, my stupidity and my foolishness. God sees me through the blood of his son and he says, now you're in Christ. You're a new creation something that's never before existed. He said, I've made you new. It's one of the reasons why we say you're, you're born again. 
That's good news for us. Another thing when he says that you're in Christ, uh, one of the benefits of that, it says, now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means that you on your best day with all the good things that you could possibly have ever done in your life, if they're not in Christ, that's false righteousness. It's not going to stack up to what God's perfect standard is. We need to be uh, uh, covered and, and imparted the righteousness of Christ Jesus, who is perfect. And when we're in Christ, I get his righteousness. And his righteousness is worthy. His righteousness is perfect. His righteousness is enough. Mine is not. So when I fully acknowledge every good thing that's mine in Christ, I have a, a, a new sense of hope for the future and thankfulness for the past. I can end this year saying, thank you, Lord, for walking me through the dark days. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with some amazing things this year. And also have hope that in 2024, the same God that was with me will be with me. And no matter what the future may hold, God's there. And I have many benefits of my relationship through Christ, my relationship with the Lord. Many, many benefits. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. I have righteousness. And that means the Lord's going to take care of me. I hope you can say the same. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me just tell you, I believe that we should uh, let this next year begin with a grateful heart for all the benefits that Christ has given us. And if you don't, if you don't have that relationship, then I'm praying that as we finish up today that you'll start that relationship. You may not know how to do that, and that's okay. I, I want to help you, just like somebody helped, helped me one time. If you don't know that you're in Christ, if you've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins or to be the Lord of your life, can I help you with that right where you are? I want to invite you to pray a prayer. You don't have to do it out loud. You don't have to uh, proclaim it from the mountaintops. You just need to believe it. And I'll help you with the prayer. It, start, it starts with a prayer. And I want to ask you to pray this with me. Pray this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you came and died. I believe that you rose again. I believe that you did all that for me. So I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. Take over my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, all my mistakes. Cover me with your grace. Save me. Now say this, my friend. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I am so proud of you. And I have a number that's going to be appearing on the screen. Would you text me? Text the words, I prayed, 844-HRC-TEXT. If you do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you some things that I prepared just for you that will help you understand what happened in your heart and what to do next. And for everyone else, man, Happy New Year. It's been a fantastic year being your pastor and, and serving you in the various different ways. Uh, you, you make me proud. And it's been such a huge honor for me to watch you grow in maturity, to watch our church grow in generosity and our love for people that are far from Christ and those that are hurting all around the world, uh, to watch you be a mission-minded church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It is nothing short of miraculous, and it's an honor for me to be able to do that. So on behalf of all of us that got to take a break this year, let me just say thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, if you believe people need to hear this, then click the share button. That always means a lot to us when you do that. But for everybody else, I'm looking forward to seeing you in 2024. We're going to start off our year with fasting, with prayer, 
And if you've never done that, man, this is going to be a great time for you to do that. Uh, but we want to hear from the Lord together. And I want to show you that everything that we do in 2024 will be led by what the Lord is telling us to do. Now, we can't do everything, but we can be obedient to what God is telling us in these things. And so I want you to be a part of that. If you've never done that before, it's going to be a great time to get on board with that. I want you to hear from the Lord. I want you to have a great relationship with Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of your life in every area to lead you into becoming who God's called you to be. And so in January, we're going to start off our year by doing that. And uh, I believe what God has in store for us in 2024 is going to be even bigger and better than you ever thought possible as you continue to walk with him. I'm proud of you. And I hope you have an amazing week. Happy New Year, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.